Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. If you found the show, welcome in. Welcome in. This is the, I believe, the eighth episode of the Restricted Area Podcast. And I'm a little bit worried about the Boston Celtics. We're going to get into some of that. Um, if you've found time to squeeze in the show during the what has been a just bizarre month of March for sports, we're in the middle of the March Madness, obviously. We're in the middle of the World Baseball Classic. We're in the middle of the NBA season, of course, or golf, if you're into that. there's If you like sports, there's hockey going on. There is no shortage of live sports entertainment right now. And it's a great time to be alive. And it was a fantastic weekend for sports. I tried to lock in. You can't watch everything. Okay, you can't watch everything. Like, I, I got to see a little bit of the the, the baseball game tonight. 14-2 um, against Cuba. Awesome. I'm feeling super patriotic right now. Um, I've obviously been watching some of the March Madness games. My boys uh, in the blue, Duke, have already bowed out, lost to Tennessee. I hate to see that. Um, but my little my little fighting Longhorns, the Texas Longhorns, they held on last night, um, and they're going to the Sweet 16 for the first time in forever. So I'm pretty excited for that. Little quick March Madness slash NBA draft rant. I'm watching Alabama because Brandon Miller and, you know, I think we've gotten a little too high on our own supply on Brandon Miller, putting him a lot of a lot of guys have him now in number two, um, in the draft just behind Wembenyana, but now leapfrogging Scoot Henderson. No, no, I'm not seeing it. Okay, I don't watch enough college to say sit here and say like I, I know college basketball. Okay, I don't watch enough of it. I watch it here and there. I think. The product has gotten worse and worse over the years. Um, he went scoreless against the 16th seed. He went scoreless against Tam Yu Corpus Christi. Now listen, I was born at Corpus Christi. Okay, It's a fine place. We do not produce basketball talent. Okay, not there, and I don't think we recruit it either. Now, needless to say, Alabama won that game, but to go scoreless in 20 minutes? Now, 20 minutes, I think he actually ended up getting her in that game. Um, but through 20 minutes of action, not not two points? I don't know, I'm just saying. I I, I was feeling like this well before that game ever was played. I just think we're getting a little cute about the draft. And while I think uh, Brandon Miller could be a fine prospect, I think he's going to have a fine career in the NBA. He looks fantastic. He's a 6'9 guy who can score it, pass it. I get it. Scoot Henderson looks like the Incredible Hulk. Okay, he has tremendous floor vision. He is just just a perfect basketball prospect. I'm not going to get into the draft because that's not what today's show is about. Today's show is a little bit about the Celtics because it's been a while since I've talked about them and I don't want it to seem like I'm avoiding the topic, okay? It's been a rough couple of weeks. Jason Tatum, I don't know what's happened to him, okay? I think I saw him on the side of a milk carton. I think they said he's missing. I think there's an imposter playing for him in these games because 
four for 12 last night against the Jazz. And that's just the cherry on top for what's been a pretty rough stretch for him. Now, a pretty rough stretch for Jason Tatum is still averaging like 30 and 12. But, you know, uh, maybe not 12, but you, you get it. He is the, the Celtics' best rebounder, by the way. Just saying, which is a whole nother problem in, in and of itself. And if Robert Williams is not healthy for this playoff push, there are probably some major red flags um, for this team. We're going to talk about the Celtics. I'm going to try to not dwell on it or get too depressed about it. Um, more, more importantly, the race, the race for the one seed in the East. Uh, right now, the Celtics and the Sixers are tied two games back of Milwaukee. If I was a betting man, that's Milwaukee's first seed. Bias aside, they're probably going to win that. I really cannot see the Celtics slip past two. If the Celtics slip past two, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. Philly's been playing really well, but they've got a tough schedule going out. Okay, they've got the second hardest strength of schedule remaining, according to Tankathon. Um, and there are head-to-head matchups still between Philly and Milwaukee, Philly and Boston, Boston, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. Yet all three teams are still going to play each other at least one more time. So that's going to be huge. Um, we've got Milwaukee on March 30th. I've got it circled. Um, I've got it circled. I'm anxious. I'm going to be in Boston for the the very next day. Not not the exciting Bucks game, but I'll be in Boston for the next day when we play the Jazz. Who, you know, I was thinking when we scheduled that trip, I was like, yeah, you know, it just be it just, it would just be a fun time to um to catch the seas, you know, one last time. Um, before, you know, during the regular season, that game all of a sudden now might have implications. You know, for seeding. You know, I think we should definitely be trying for seeding. You know, I don't want to see us just take games off just to rest. And it'll be a back-to-back. I want to see my guys play. You know, but but I would have been understanding of the circumstances if I went to Boston and, you know, some of the guys had to sit. Going into the last week of the season, coming off a back-to-back against Milwaukee, but I don't think we're going to have time to sit. I think we need to play to win those games, especially when you look at the fact that we lost to Utah last night. Okay. Lost to Utah last night. Ochai Abaji. Ochai Abaji, who Scalabrini didn't even know who he was. He thought he was an old guy. And I don't know if that's more of a reflection on Scalabrini or Abaji, but Abaji could not miss last night. You know who else couldn't miss last night, though? Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams. Grant Williams shot out of a f- flamethrower last night. A flamethrower. He was the flamethrower. He was he was terrific, and it was perfect because right before he started to really knock him down, I tweeted that Blake Griffin was better than Grant Williams, and I said, I don't think it's really close either. And then right after that, I think he knocked down three straight threes, was playing hard on defense, and I was just like, wow, I should tweet way more often because it was perfect. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I want Grant Williams to be good. When he was on last night, I was like, wow, I kind of forgot how important he was to this team. Grant Williams was like 
pretty important to this team. He could start at times last year. He could, he was just, he's just super versatile. He was a very versatile defender. Lights out from three. Of course, we all know about game seven Grant and Milwaukee or against Milwaukee. And, you know, it's been a, he's been a far cry from that version of himself for much of the season for the last, at least two months. Um, but that was refreshing to see last night. You know, you know, Grant Williams though, right? You're going to get the, with, with all the good when he's good. Recently, he hasn't been good. Um, but when he's good with all of it, you're going to get the bitching. You're going to get the whining. You're going to get the sad sap look going up to every official. He's going to, he's going to try with one official to plead his case. That guy's going to blow him off. He's going to go to the next one, get blown off, go to the next one. He's going to plead his case, especially um, when he gets called for a foul and the other guy's going to the to the line. Man, that whole duration of those free throws. It is a real... I'm very curious how he does not get thrown out more, get more technicals. I mean, he will not stop. And it's so frustrating to watch as a fan of the Celtics. I can only imagine being a fan of another team. I don't know. It is beyond frustrating. I don't like when any other guys complain. Sometimes I get it. Sometimes I get it. Um, it was like the other night against the Timberwolves. Uh, Gobert slams it, uh, flexes for really no reason, but he swings his feet in Derek White's face on the rim hang. And I, right away, I was like, that's a tech. Okay, that that's a, that's a tech. Nine times out of ten, they didn't call it. White and Tatum and or whoever whoever else was on the baseline is like throwing their arms up like well, that's a tech every time, and I think the officials just kind of like forgot or just like I don't know just had a brain fart or just decided not to call it. But then they were like, oh okay, good point, guys. And so, not to say complaining is a good thing, but you know if if you really feel like you have a case for something then go ahead. Um, that was a rare instance where I was like, uh, yeah, um, please say something about that because that was ridiculous. And then right on the other end, Tatum just effing yams it on that bastard's head. I I hate Rudy Gobert. I, I sports hate Rudy Gobert. I don't ever want to say I just hate somebody, but I do sports hate Rudy Gobert. And it is just still, still, I've talked about the Minnesota Massacre it's still just mind-boggling, especially after last night playing against Walker Kessler, who also got yammed on last night. Uh, but Walker Kessler is straight-up a good player. Like, he's straight-up a really good player. It's still just so puzzling, that trade. Every time I watch the Jazz, every time, whether it's it's, it's the Celtics or just or I'm just flipping through League, league Pass, um, God, it is just so puzzling. Because I'm watching Walker Kessler and I'm thinking, this kid's damn good. And then I'll catch the Timberwolves because I do like to watch Minnesota because of Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards get well soon. He is out of the boot. Thank God. I love watching Anthony Edwards. He's so good. He kicked our ass the other night too, which sucked. Um, but man, that's right. I just, I'm never going to stop talking about it because it's never going to, it's never going to come to fruition for Minnesota. It's just not. It's just not. Um, I've already started to talk about the Celtics a little bit, but 
I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into some more Celtics. The Celtics are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And I think we have a tendency to overreact. Okay? I think as sports fans, just generally speaking, we have a tendency to overreact to the good and to the bad. And right now, things are not going great for the Celtics, but we're also not spiraling out of control and headed for the lottery. Okay? We're playing with a rookie head coach who was hired or promoted, I guess you could say, uh, a week before the season tipped. Okay, we're playing with, this has been Jason Tatum's year, age 24 season, not 28, not 30 season, okay? Our two best players are 25 and 24. Um, things are not bleak. Okay, I think we have a tendency to think things can be bleak when they're not. Things are fine. Given some perspective, things are fine. I know the shooting slump for Tatum has not been thrilling, okay? You're, you're looking at the world's biggest Jason Tatum fan ever. I am that guy. I cannot defend his shooting right now. He would not defend his shooting right now. He's not defending his shooting right now. Look... I think something's just, this is, this is not, what I'm about to say is that groundbreaking or emotionally biased by any stretch, but hey, been watching basketball long enough, okay? Great players and great teams go through stretches, go through slumps, have, they have, they're allowed to struggle, okay? These guys are not, are human, they're, these guys are human, okay? This game wouldn't be entertaining or thrilling if there weren't lows, okay? This making a finals isn't fun if your team is just expected to win every single night and never struggle, okay? There's no thrill. There's no excitement in that, okay? 2017 Warriors, right? Okay? Not to say they didn't have fun. They, they definitely did. But the point I'm getting at is... We're so damn emotional about this game because of the peaks and the valleys. Okay, and I'm not trying to sound like a motivational speaker here, but when your team has a bad two weeks and you go to Facebook and you go to Twitter and you start ripping the guy's head off who's the leader of this team, who's elite player, makes his teammates better, tries his ass off on defense as a great defensive player, one of the best two-way guys in the NBA. When you start calling for his head, when you start coming for Joe Mazzula, the new newly appointed head coach's head, when you start coming for Marcus Smart's head, and I've been doing some of that. When in, you can come for Grant, Grant Williams' head. That's fine. He's been playing terribly until last night. Um, I just think we need to chill out a little bit. It's March. Not May, not June. Okay, I think we're being harder on this team now than we were in June against the Warriors last June. We just need to come back down to earth a little bit. The fact is, this team still plays to their potential every single night. It's just, they then squander 15, 18, 21 point leads. Okay, uh, twenty. I think a 28 point lead. In the case of the Rockets game, they squander these leads. Okay. It's an effort thing. I think 
they don't get a pass. Okay, they don't get a pass. It's not excusable. Losing to the Rockets in March is unexcusable. Okay, they're headed one way. We're headed another. Um, that being said, Jalen Green, Jalen Green kicks our ass. He's just one of those guys. And I don't follow other teams necessarily closely enough. You know, the Celtics, I watch every single game. I don't follow other teams closely enough to know which guys just go off against certain teams. Jalen Green just goes off against us. Chris Middleton, at one point in time, used to just go off against us. Jimmy Butler just hates us. And I'm thinking about it now, kind of kind of similar guys. I mean, in a way, like guys who play on the wing, kind of could score a little bit. Um, just They just play hard and they just kick our ass, man. There's a certain archetype that just wants to destroy us and does. Um, that being said, we don't have any reason to worry about Jalen Green. He's on their Houston Rockets. Um, but that night we did. But that night we did. And that just ties into the fact that every team is looking to rip our heads off when they step on the floor with us. And the Celtics are not trying to do that to every team that they play. We're just not. Okay? We're just not. It's March. We had a we had a we had a comfortable ish lead on the east. Got cute with it. We've copped it up. Team doesn't really care to get it back right now. I think I think last night against Utah, I think they did. I think there was effort there. Once again, they squandered the lead. This team plays bad with leads. Okay. I, I've noticed it. They get careless. Guys who shouldn't be taking shots are taking shots. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this on the last episode. Uh, so maybe this maybe maybe the the streak of bad play um, has been going on for a little bit longer than I anticipated. But um, guys just come down and they just take bad shots. And I think it's a little bit of effort. I think it's a little bit of coaching, but it doesn't mean we should be calling for the coach. It doesn't mean we should be saying, there's not a single person on Twitter I've seen who's said anything positive about Jason Tatum over these past two weeks. Not one. And look, I get it. When you're watching the games, what's the most obvious thing that you can uh, point to? Shooting. When you look at a box score, what's the most obvious thing you can point to? Field goal attempts and shooting. Efficiency. It's easy to look at that. Okay. It's not easy to watch the games, watch the effort defensively, watch the playmaking, watch how a player is calling out traffic, organizing the offense, setting up his team. And look, the effort for every player has been down, but we just need to chill out when we are coming for the head of a top seven player in the NBA. Okay? We don't get guys like this often. Okay? We've got one. We've got one. And we're turning on him so fast. Chill the fuck out. Okay? Chill out. Because I'm getting pissed off. I'm getting a little pissed off. Yes, Jason Tatum is my favorite player. He's reaching levels of maybe my favorite player of all time. We're not there yet. That's still Rajon Rondo. And then a couple others and then Tatum. Okay. But we're getting there. And if he gets us a title, he's probably going to take the top spot. But the point I'm trying to make is Boston, sometimes we are the only reason we don't deserve anything nice 
there is not a single media outlet or a radio station or a podcast that doesn't just shit on our players. And this is for every sport. This is especially baseball. Um, we drive guys out of town. It just happens, and I'm sick of it. This is a guy who's locked out for a long time. I think we're going to give him the super-duper max, whatever the contracts look like after the next TV deal. God, I don't know. He might be making like $85 million a year, and I don't care. Give it to him. We don't get these guys very often. These guys don't come to the league very often, okay? And we're forgetting a five-year resume watching this guy turning in, turn into a top 25, top 20, top 15, top 10. And now we're like talking like the next stage for Tatum is top five. Okay, and I don't know how I got on this little rant here, but I think I'm just getting on Twitter every night and I'm just seeing bum, overpaid, not a superstar. And I was like, you jackasses. Like three months ago, you couldn't get this guy's meat out of your mouth. Okay, look, that's how we should be for our superstars. We should be very, we should show support when they're playing well, but when they're playing bad, we should not then all of a sudden act as though they're the worst thing to happen to the city, to the franchise. Anybody who's saying, and I, I love Jalen Brown. I would die for Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown. Anybody who's saying Jalen Brown is this team's number one, you can you are allowed to have favorite players. Did you know that? Like I said, my favorite player is Rajon Rondo. Okay. I would have never said he was the best player on those on the 08 Celtics team. Okay. He was definitely not. Okay. He was not the most. He was not the best player. He was not the most important player. Um, you're allowed to have favorite players, okay? Jalen Brown is not the team's best player. It's not close, okay? Jalen Brown is a top 20, is a fringe top 20 player. Jason Tatum was a definitive top 10 player. The difference between being like the 7th or 8th best player in the NBA and being the 20th, like 22nd best player in the NBA is huge. Okay. Jalen Brown is one of the most electric, pure scorers in the sport. When he's really trying, he's a great help side defender. He can really lock in on the ball. Um, he's not a great playmaker for others. Really doesn't have a handle at all at this point in his career. Um, it's not, it's not comparable. It's not comparable. So don't, I know Jalen Brown has a terrific score. His playmaking has gotten better. It's not at the level of Tatum. His defense is not at the level of Tatum. I just, you're allowed to have your favorite, have a favorite player. If Jalen Brown is your favorite player, say that. That's fine. That's fine. But there's not a power struggle for best player in the NBA or best player in Boston. Okay. Um, there's also not a power struggle for the best player in the NBA. We're going to get into an all NBA um, check in, thought exercise. Just, I like the all NBA teams. I think they're important. Um, we're going to talk about those a little bit. 
Um, I, I really went too long on that Tatum Brown rant. I don't like doing that. I don't like causing friction or division um, amongst fans, but God, it's just not, it's not close. Okay. I don't, it does matter because this team last year, there's always been a, there was a little bit of a power struggle from the time that Tatum was drafted. You know, you're drafted third overall, you're Jalen Brown. You're like, this is my team. Like going forward, I'm going to be the guy that we build around. Um, and rightfully so. He was competitive as hell. This team didn't really click until middle of last season when you could visibly see Jalen Brown take a step back and say, look, I'm not the best guy on this team. I'm going to be the number two. Jalen Brown is a extremely overqualified number two. Okay. The most overqualified second option in the NBA. Um, right there with like Anthony Davis when he plays. So I still would go Jalen Brown. Um, so this isn't a Jalen Brown hate fest. I, I love Jalen Brown. I told you I, I do. Um, I just am tired of the narratives and the, and the, and the Twitter comments. And, um, I know that's not reason to go on a rant like that, but, um, I think it matters. I think it's just something I had to say. Houston loss, inexcusable. Okay. Um, I think we're right now overreacting because the Celtics are, like I said, five and five in the last 10. Um, Milwaukee, seven and three. Um, actually, yeah, Milwaukee and Cleveland are seven and three in their last 10. And Philadelphia is eight and three in their last 10. Okay. So we're in a low spot. Other teams are surging. So it's, that's really the kicker. It's like, well, man, we're not winning as many games as Philly. We're not winning as many games as Milwaukee. Hey, look, we're still tied for the second seed in the East. Just are. On one hand, the Celtics, who have 49 wins, tied for the second seed in the East, are falling apart, collapsing, devastating. What are they going to do? What on earth are they, you know, team is falling apart at the seams right go out west 43 wins Sacramento Kings they're the darlings of the NBA the narrative of how far can they go in the playoffs can they win the west could the Kings win the finals okay a lot of this is narrative driven a lot of this is narrative driven the Celtics I know the, the standards are higher for the Celtics. You went to the finals last year. You have a bona fide superstar. The standards are higher. But this team on a slump is better than Sacramento or Memphis or Cleveland or any of these other teams at a, a, on a high. Okay, We're still positioned higher than those teams. We're still a better team. So a lot of this is narrative driven. And I think it's easy as a fan to fall into the narrative. And just remember, please just remember. um, Slumps happen. Struggles happen. And I I had numbers. I had some things I wanted to say about the Celtics, but I'm kind of done. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm remembering why I didn't want to give this so much thought. If this is still an issue in two more weeks, I'm going to Boston in a week. 
or in two weeks, whatever. I'm going to go see them in person one last time. If it's still a problem, then we'll talk some more about it. We're going to finish out this road trip. We're going to get some at home. This team's going to figure it out, okay? It's really nice sometimes to actually go through some adversity, some struggle during a season. So that way, when you get to the playoffs and you're down 2-1, you're not shitting the bed. You're not, oh my God, we've never had to play from behind. We've always just been that team. We've always just been in the first seed. We have always just had things handed to us. It's really nice to get some experience. It's really nice in some weird effed up way for Grant Williams to fall off the face of the earth for two and a half months and then find his shot last night. And I know it sucks, but it's going to be really nice when Jason Tatum has a 50 ball in tomorrow night or in a week or in two weeks he makes eight threes in a game. It's going to be really nice. I promise you. And it's coming. It's coming. I promise you. Be patient. Be patient. It's going to happen. Our star is going to bounce back. Our coach is going to find his rhythm. He's going to get this team to gel. And when it happens, you're going to be like, wow, I was really down on this team in in mid-March. And now we're going into the playoffs a week. We're rolling. I'm so thrilled. Um, You know, it's going to happen. I promise you. If it doesn't, come back to me. I'll issue a handwritten apology letters, but I promise you a big Tatum game is coming. A big Tatum and Brown combining for 75 points is coming. A big 25-point statement win against any, you know, name your team. We've got Milwaukee at the end of the month. Maybe we don't win by 25 in that game, but I bet you we get up for it. I bet you we get up for it. Um... And I, I promise you, this team's got that game circled. We got one more with Philly, too. This team's got that game circled for sure. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to come together. I'm done with the Celtics. Uh, I went way too long. But I haven't talked about them in a while, and I just had to. So um, we got to take a quick break. We're going to do a, a Philly, or not a Philly. <laughs> um, see, I've got that game circled. Uh, we're going to do an all-NBA kind of thought exercise there are some 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 76ers on this list, so maybe I'm thinking about that. Uh, we're going to go through the three teams um, and just kind of see how things are shaking out. we still got a couple weeks left, so none of this is written in... This is not even written in ink, much less written in stone. So, um, quick break, then we'll get back into the All-NBA. All-NBA. Um, I love the All-NBA teams. I love when they come out. I think it's really important. The league has made it more important. There's now contractual obligations um, for a lot of these players. At least uh, there's like super max implications. Uh, that's actually going to be big for Jalen Brown. If he makes one of these teams, then he'll be eligible for like a super max with the Celtics. And I don't know how that's going to shake out with having two of those guys. I, d- I don't know how that works. It's going to be, I don't know how it works because I don't even think the NBA knows how it works because they're due up for a huge TV deal and the contracts are going to be super duper huge and players are going to be making like $90 million a year and 
good for them, but it's going to be absolutely bonkers. And all that being said, um, none of this is permanent. None of this is written in stone, but we're going to go through the three All-NBA teams. Please, please, please do keep in mind, I value health and availability. Availability is the best ability. The best ability is availability. Really, though, I do value that quite a bit. LeBron will not be on this list. Spoiler alert, he's not going to play enough games. Um, if you're under 50 games played, you're not on this list except Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a rare exception. Yes, spoiler alert, Steph is on this list. He's absolutely batshit crazy. He's only on this list because he will probably get to 55, 58 games. Um, and I don't, I'm not crazy about that. Uh, the league is looking to do um, a games played required minimum to be eligible for all NBA and all these, and like, you know, the awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that. I couldn't agree more. Um, because there are con contractual obligations for these guys, or um, incentives rather than obligations, but these guys are incentivized to make these teams. These guys are incentivized to win awards. Um, and if you are, let's say you're Kawhi, maybe Kawhi's a bad example, um, but let's just say Kawhi. Let's just say Kawhi is in the hunt for Defensive Player of the Year and um, All-NBA, like, just an all-NBA team. And he's got a kicker in his contract for an extra couple million bucks if he wins Depoy and a couple million bucks if he wins or he makes an all-NBA team. And there's two weeks left of the season and he needs to play five more games to, to be eligible. I tell you what, he's going to try to play in those, get those five games, okay? Um, like I said, maybe Kawhi's a bad example, but... I think it matters. I don't think there's a perfect solution to load management. Um, I think guys who are super competitive are just going to be super competitive. And I think guys who aren't just may not be, but doing things like this, requiring guys to play games um, for all-star for all NBA to win the MVP um, to win the scoring title, I think you have to play a minimum of like 55 games. And I'm going to be honest, that sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. You can, 55 games is no small sample size. But if a guy who plays 55 games scores 30 points a game, um, but I played 75 games and I averaged 29.8, that's my scoring title. Okay, I'm going to be pissed. If I scored almost a thousand more points than you, I'm going to be pissed that I didn't win the scoring title. So I don't think, I think the number has to be in the 60s. Okay, at least. I mean, I know injuries happen, so maybe no higher than 68. But yeah, I mean, for these awards, maybe the minimum should be like 65, 68. Anything in the 50s, I mean, like a little, like a little more than half a season? Like, no, like, Playing half the season, it should not be rewarded at this point. Like we, like we want butts and seats. We want eyes glued to the TV. But if guys just start playing, I mean, so incentivize these guys to play. I think it's a great idea. 
That being said, long rant out of the way. All NBA first team. There's a million different ways you can go with the guards. Um, should I start with the guards? Should I start with the guards? I'm gonna start with the guards because the the real dilemma is at center. Um, and I already know how I'm gonna lean right now. I know how I'm gonna lean right now. That could change, but I know how I'm gonna lean right now. With the guards, I'm rewarding availability at at the first spot. Shea Gil just Alexander playing over almost every single one of his games. He missed a couple games coming back from the All-Star break. Um, averaging over 31 points a game. He is just a relentless finisher. He goes to the basket like a freaking battering ram. He is um, an improved shooter. Um, he still struggles a little bit from there, but testament to him to score over 30 points a game and not be a tremendous three-point shooter. Um, getting to the line more often. Tremendous playmaker. He's the sole reason that Oklahoma City cannot tank for Weminyana. Uh I still feel like there's some effed up reality that we live in where they're going to still uh, win the lottery with like the eighth best odds. Um, that would just be Sam Presti and Oklahoma City Thunder Luck. Uh, there's also a real weird world we live in where they maybe they can't trade for the first pick but maybe they use all like 27 picks they have and like trade for the second pick to get scoot or whatever um just just saying but the thunder are relevant and you can thank shea gilgis alexander second guard spot luka Doncic. um he's been available for much of the season he's been terrific for much of the season i think he's no doubt top five player um, he is an offense in and of himself. He carries a full package of offense in his pockets, and he's incredible. They added Kyrie. Eh. Eh. Dallas didn't get better. Like, they just didn't. They just didn't get better. And maybe it's still a small sample size, but when you trade for somebody that important at the deadline, you kind of know you don't have a lot of runway to get to the playoffs and have it all work out and it's not working out. Those two are incredible offensively. You have two top 10 scorers in the league on your team, um, but you got to be able to defend and they can't defend. Um, if they had a third score, if they were a better shooting team, maybe, but they can't defend and it's killing them. And the offense is there, but it's not enough. But Luca should not pay the price for his team's struggles he is incredible um it's hard to say that he can get much better but he's only 24 so he's gonna get better and one day i'm praying one day he's gonna get into insane shape and he's gonna look jacked and ripped and shredded and all those cool things we're gonna get that picture and i hope it's sooner rather than later but remember when Giannis really got ripped one summer and now we know him as just being absolutely massive, jacked, whatever. Um, but that one summer, he was like flexing, lifting weights, and we were like, wow, this dude's not playing around. And he wasn't, and he's the best player in the NBA today. Um, Luca, I hope for him that he gets to that point competitively and just wanting to take care of his body and wanting to have the stamina to play all 82 games in the regular season and then go to the playoffs and not 
gas out in the postseason because we've seen him gas out in the postseason and we've seen it with the high usage guys in this era where of hardens and lucas and westbrooks we've seen the guys who just um fizzle out towards the end of the season and it, you know it's a shame but uh luca get ripped you're only going to get higher on this list um one of the forward spots has to go to Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just said it. He is the best player in the NBA. I battled with that for a little bit this season. Jokic really made me think about it this season. He really made me think about it. Um, but Giannis has won me back. Giannis pisses me off, man. But he's so... He is so frustrating, but also kind of... No, I was going to call him lovable. Look, Giannis is a fun guy. He's a good face for the NBA. Um, he is really, um, he, his story is, is good. It's admirable. He is no doubt the most physically dominant player in the NBA. He is just, he's a guaranteed playoff trip, guaranteed probably Eastern Conference Finals trip. Um, he's not like peak LeBron guaranteed finals every year. I don't know if we'll see something like that again for a long, long time. Um, maybe Giannis gets there. Maybe, but um, they made one final so far this year. Looks like another year where they could. Tonight he was 9 for 9. Just just a classic little Giannis game. Just a classic little didn't miss a single shot. Um Sometimes Giannis is not boring, but like just nine for nine on easy little chip shots. Like he's going to get to the basket at will. He's going to do what he wants. Um, but that's why he's the best. That's what makes him the best. He can do whatever he wants and you can't stop him. Um, you can try, you can build a wall. He's incredible. I, I haven't used enough adjectives to describe him. Um, I haven't really done him justice on this little note, but you already know about Giannis. So, Second forward spot, it has to go to Jason Tatum. Despite the recent struggles, he's still been uh, one of the two best forwards in the NBA this season. Outside, well, Kevin Durant, I would put above him when he's played. Um, but Kevin Durant hasn't played. Kevin Durant hasn't played. But the case for Jason Tatum is he's the first player to 2,000 points this season. Um, one of, I think, four players in Celtics history to reach... 2,000 points in a season. He's now done it twice. Um, he plays. He plays every single game. I think he's up to 67 games played on the season, which is right up there for uh, the most on the season. Doesn't doesn't take days off. Is a tremendous two-way player. He struggled lately um, shooting the ball. He's, he's just going to figure it out. He's just going to figure it out, though. Um, great players find the shot he started to hit some threes again last night and then started to miss some threes again last night he is learning I think uh, well he's learning because he's only 20 he just turned 25 and is the face of a franchise um, he's learning a lot but maybe just how to carry yourself as a guy who's you know the best player on the team who's getting double teamed getting every defense in the world thrown at you night to night and it's middle of March and it's kind of dog days of the NBA. You got the 
you've got the playoffs locked up, your top seed. Um, how do you find the energy to keep going every single night? Um, and I don't want to see him burn out either, right? So I don't, he's towards the top of the league in minutes. He's leading the league in scoring total points. Um, I think he's just maybe a little tired, maybe a little bored. Um, I think another player on this list who's a little bored is Nikola Jokic. Um, Nuggets, also 5-5 five and five in their last games, much like the Celtics. Um, losses to San Antonio included on that list. Uh, losing to San Antonio, I think, is worse than losing to Houston. Uh, I think they're about tied for the same record, but I just look at Houston's roster, and at least Jalen Green is like was a top prospect and is really capable of giving you buckets. Nobody on San Antonio is really like that. They've got good players. I like Devin Vassell. I like Kelvin Johnson. But, you know, you got Houston's got Sangoon, who's really good. He's definitely their best player. They've got Jalen Green. They've got guys. They've got guys that I like. I like Kenya Martin Jr. I like Tari Eason. Um, I'm getting sidetracked. Nikola Jokic is fucking awesome. Okay. And the reason he's the the center on this list is because he's made me think twice about who, who was the best player in the NBA this season. Joel Embiid, no matter how incredible he's been, and he's been incredible. He's been incredible. And in my top 10 players list, I've moved him ahead of Jason Tatum. That should show you how incredible I think he's been. He's not going to make me question who the best player in the NBA is. I had to question it for about a month. For about a month, I was like, God dang. Nikola Jokic just may be better than Giannis. And for a stretch, he was playing better than Giannis, but it doesn't mean he's better than Giannis night to night. And if I was drafting a team right now, I got to go Giannis first. So, yeah, that's that's the case for Giannis. That's the case for Jokic being on the first team ahead of Embiid. Now, look, in a perfect world, maybe... Maybe this one day comes to fruition, maybe not. We can just vote on the five best players or the 15 best players for all three teams and it's not positionally locked because you've got some question marks. I mean, is Sabonis going to be listed as a power forward or a center? I think he's a center, but then you leave like guys like Adebayo off, you know. Um, oh, no. Oh, no, I've ran into a problem <laughs> on the third team. Um, spoiler alert, Julius Randle will be on this list. I listed him twice. He's he's occupying both forward spots on um, on my third team. Remember when I said LeBron wouldn't be on this list? Um, he might have to be on this list. No, I'll figure something out. I, I've got to, I've got to have to, we're going to have to audible on that one. Um, I'm just like looking ahead, trying to like, we're at the point in the episode, it's 1 a.m. We're having a little fun. Julius Randle is on the All-NBA third team twice. Um, we're going to get into the second team. God, we're going to get into the second team. Let's just start with Embiid. Embiid is incredible. He's a offensive supernova. He's leading the league in, score in points per game. Uh, he and Harden play this beautiful two-man basketball, which I can only dream of just... Uh, it's just beautiful. Okay. It's a perfect pick and roll. I always dreamed of it for Harden when he was playing in Houston that he'd get get to have a guy who he can yin and yang with. And it's a, it looks a little bit different than maybe I imagined back when he was 
you know, 36 points a game. Um, but I think James kind of likes playing like, like this. I think he's showing another side of himself where, hey, I can orchestrate the best offense in the NBA. I can lead the NBA in assists. I can do that while still being able to turn it up on on nights when I need to and go go and get 35 points, go get 40 points when I need to. Um, Embiid is just, he, bull, he bulldozes you. He bulldozes you. He bowls you over. He wows you with his athleticism. He wows you with his shot-blocking ability when he's really playing defense, when he's really locked in. Um, he's just, he jumps off the screen. Uh, I don't think Jokic jumps off the screen, and I think maybe we're starting to see a shift in the narrative because, well, maybe for a few reasons. Um, I think the the, MV, the MVP race took a pretty naughty turn there for a little bit with the whole race baiting bullshit that was going on. And I think that's part of why I was hesitant to do a podcast strictly about the MVP. I know it was like the hot thing to do for a couple weeks, but I just really didn't care to talk about it. I thought it was pretty a pretty gross narrative that was going on and I just yeah I just didn't care for it um but basketball reasons only uh entertainment viewing reasons only yeah and B just jumps off the screen dude he's just incredible he's just um like a freak he's huge I've seen him in person a couple times now um saw him just recently wow just just a fucking freak athlete um, love his game, love what he's doing for the center position, love that we have centers to argue about, to discuss, to rank, um, went much of my childhood not having that, uh, because it was like, once I really started getting the ball, I still had Duncan, I still had, uh, Garnett, you know, I still had Dirk, um, trying to think of the grades, I was happy. I guess I had the tail end of Pau Gasol and kind of prime Marcus Gasol. Um, just trying to think about the bigs. But really what I'm getting at is there was a, a streak there for a few years where Timothy Mozgov got paid $72 million. So that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, the rest of the second team... It starts to get tough, and this is where it's really not... This is all in pencil. Steph is on the second team at, at the first guard spot. Um, I think he's going to get there with games played. I really hope he does because he's just incredible to watch. He's shooting 40% from three, over 50% from the field. I think this is maybe the best Steph season we've had ever had, which is bizarre to say about a two-time MVP, a four-time champion. I wish he was playing... I wish he played more games. Uh, he would then be a first teamer I wish the Warriors were playing better I wish they had Andrew Wiggins uh, not that I'm a part-time Warriors fan or anything but if they're going to be good damn it I'd like to just see them be be good um, it's been tough for them to get wins consecutively it's been tough for them to really put it together they can't win on the road they can't win on the road they can't win on the road it's going to be hard for them in the playoffs I don't know why they can't win on the road they're a fucking four team four time champion team with all the same pieces there I know they're missing Wiggins but they weren't missing Wiggins earlier in the season and they couldn't win on the road then either um, so you'd think a team with that level of pedigree that level of we've been there that level of just that they got that dog in them you know but this, re this season they really don't 
They really don't. They lost the Grizzlies last night. Dylan Brooks is so annoying that I would rather see Draymond Green um, win those games than Dylan Brooks. Uh, also, also, I don't know. The Grizzlies keep winning games, and John Morant's not there yet. I'm not saying anything about John Morant, man, but this team is like, they win games. Like, it's a good team, and I think at, when I did the last show, when when John Morant was first announced out, I think I gave a stat that the, the, the I think I still got the stat. Where's the stat? I just want I just want to grab it real quick. Um, the Grizzlies were twenty four and ten since the start of twenty one, twenty twenty one, twenty two, um, and they're they just they beat the Warriors last night. I mean, I don't know. They gonna they they need John Morant. I I still am of the belief this team needs John Morant to go deep in the playoffs, um, but. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking about the Grizzlies and I'm just thinking about stuff because it's late and um, I don't think I'm going to clip any of this. I think this is all just going to be for the for the folks who make it to the end of these episodes. This is for you. Um, Jalen Brown at the second forward spot, or no? I said I went Steph. Okay, here we go. Here's Dame. Damian Lillard. Uh, Absolutely lights up. 71-point games, 60-point games, 50-point games, 40-point games, 30-point games. This dude scores the ball. Maybe he's right there with anybody in the league. I think he's averaging up to 33. We're right right at budding on 33 points a game um, while dishing it out. Seven assists a game. Great player. We know that we know Dame. We know Dame at this point. Okay, we know who he is. We know his situation. We know he's never going to leave Portland, at least not intentionally. Um, do I think Portland should maybe entertain moving on from Dame? Yes, but I also understand why you wouldn't, and I respect both parties. If Damian Lillard wants to be a career Blazer, so be it. And if the Blazers want to say, look, Dame's our guy, and Dame sells jerseys, and Dame gets us keeps us competitive and Dame we believe maybe in the right circumstances maybe could get us to the promised land one day and yeah you know what if Damien Damien Lillard ever wins a ring in Portland yeah we're all going to be eating our words and he said I think last week on a show he said y'all better not let me win a ring because you know yada 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 yeah it'd be very meaningful I don't think it's within any realm of possibility Um, this team is so far from competing for a championship uh, but it doesn't discredit how great Dame is, and he is a sensational player to watch. When he comes to your town, go see him in person. He's just a lights-out player. He's one of the best pure scorers in the league. Tremendous playmaker. You know Damian Lillard. I know Damian Lillard. He is making my second team All-NBA as of now. First forward spot, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's going to be funny. Because I think people still consider him a guard, but the Celtics always play with two guys smaller than him, seemingly all the time, right? Marcus Smart or Der- and Derek White or Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon are usually on the floor with this guy, um, making him to me a small forward. I think he's been like that. I think I've considered him a small forward for a long time now. Um, thank you, Brad Stevens, for kind of pushing the envelope as far as uh, posi- positionless basketball goes. Um, you know. Somewhere along the line, 
Jason Tatum kind of became a four that kind of moved Jalen Brown up to the three. And I think the Celtics best five right now is smart, white, Brown, Tatum, Horford. If Rob Williams is back, maybe it's a little bit different, but I still think that's the best five regardless. And that best five has Brown playing the three. So I don't know how it's actually going to shake out. I obviously don't have a real all NBA vote. So don't burn me at the cross here. Um, but he's going to play, he's going to be at my forward spot. Jalen Brown is a top 20 guy in the NBA. Um, I think he's a lot closer to 20 than he is to, uh, you know, top 10. Um, but he's right there. Top 20 guy, elite score. You know what you're going to get with him. He's 25 to 30 a night. Lately, he's been 40 or 43 or 45 a night. Uh, he's, he's, Big in clutch moments. He does not care uh, what you think. He is an FU all-out baller with the mask on, without the mask. He's a hooper. Just a straight-up scorer who tries hard, and when he's really going at it, he's a great. Def- it can be a great defensive player as well. Um, so when Jalen Brown's really in his bag two-way, you know, the Celtics are hard to beat. And Jalen Brown is the most overqualified second option in the NBA, and for that, we're going to reward him with an All-NBA second-team selection. The Utah Jazz are way more relevant than you would have thought coming into the season. Thank you, Lowry Markkinen. Okay, Lowry Markkinen gets that the second forward spot on my All-NBA second team. Wow. I mean, he's just been incredible and had the career renaissance that we all hoped that he would have in Utah because I think in Chicago we all expected a little bit more. And then in Cleveland, I'm having like a hard time ever remembering him in Cleveland. Like it was like a blip. Like I couldn't even tell you how long it was. I just, there's this weird era where he was like fizzling out in Chicago. And then now he's an all-star in Utah. Okay. If he doesn't win most improved player, I don't know what to tell you because that he is why this award exists. He reminds me of Jimmy Butler winning the award in 2014 a guy who had high high expectations kind of wasn't really getting there and then boom like here he is all-star bang in your face Laurie marketing a whole lot of Laurie. i'm going to see this guy at the end of the month um i'm very excited this jazz team is really just kind of fun um it's not fun when they kicked myself ass last night but it's a fun little team and you can thank Laurie marketing for that Laurie is doesn't need to dribble, doesn't need to wow you with anything. He is sneaky athletic, can definitely power home some jams. Great shooter, great stroke, um, just plays plays super hard, definitely makes his teammates better, is a presence on the, on the floor. Um, maybe he was like drafted last in the All-Star draft. Who cares? He was still an All-Star. He was still there. He was still... Um, He's still getting recognized. He needs an All-NBA selection. The Utah Jazz were headed for last place, and Larry Markkinen said, fuck that. We talked about Joel Embiid, All-NBA third team. Light the beam. We've got two Sacramento Kings on the All-NBA third team. De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, you know them by now. Wow. Sacramento's been a great story second in 
the Western Conference. They finally got over the hump of the Memphis Grizzlies. Thank you, John Morant, for missing time. Um, De'Aaron Fox leading the league in clutch points. Um, and you can see it. You can see it. He jumps off the screen and those and, and, and clutch opportunities. He's really finally put it all together. Um, De'Aaron Fox coming out of Kentucky, really highly touted. But for a very long time, um, we've just kind of been waiting for him to put it all together. He always had the athleticism. He always had the speed. He always could wow you with the highlight plays. The, um, but kind of struggled to put together the shooting, put together the playmaking. We had see him on a winning team. Um, and now they light that beam every damn night and it's lit. Okay, it's, I love Sacramento, um, what they've done this season. They're really fun to watch. When they're on TV, it's hard to pass them up. Um, Celtics are playing them soon. I'm looking forward to it. Demonis Sabonis, call him what you want. Discount Jokic, whatever. That's a huge compliment, by the way. Um, Sabonis is awesome. Playmaking big. 19, 12, and 7 a game. Not leading the league in scoring, not leading the league in rebounding, not leading the league in assists, but damn good at all three categories. He's a playmaker. He can score when he needs to. They run that offense mostly through, well, they run it through Fox and Sabonis, but you'd be kind of wowed at how much uh, usage Demona Sabonis is getting. And I think I'll, I've come back to it. I'm going to come back to it again. The Sacramento Kings... And the Indiana Pacers both won the Halliburton trade. They did. They did. They both won. Okay. And you could make the argument that Sacramento actually won the trade because they're the second seed in the Western Conference right now. And people are starting to talk about them as a deep run playoff team. I'm not there yet. I, I, I'm not going to get there. I'm not. I'm, they could win every game for the rest of the season. I'm not going to get there because experience matters. Being there matters. And they haven't been there. Mike Brown is going to win Coach of the Year. Rightfully so. Great story Sacramento's been. And they deserve recognition for it. They are uh, my all-NBA third team highlighters. Or highlights. Uh, headliners. Headliners. Starting to forget words. Starting to forget words at 1 a.m. Also, on the all-NBA third team right now, James Harden. Okay, James Harden is leading the league in assists. He is playing a different brand of basketball than he's accustomed to. Joel Embiid, who I had on All-NBA second team, who's right there, right there in the hunt for the MVP, right on the outside looking in. Um, he's been an incredible fit with Embiid. It's going to be really hard to see these two break up if they do, in fact, break up this offseason because I think they play an incredible brand of basketball together. They are my, they're not the best two, two man crew in the NBA, but they are just so beautiful to watch. Um, and Harden, I can't sing his praises enough. Everybody knows that is my non, my favorite non Celtic. I've got, I think, four or five jerseys. Um, all Rockets, by the way. I don't own any Sixers Harden jerseys, okay? But I do love him so much, and he's just played just a different style of ball that I think people were expecting from him. I think 
I think when he first got to Philly, I think it was fair to say there was a little pushback from both him and Embiid on like who's going to really lead the charge here. And then as soon as Harden said, here you go, here's the keys. Let me step back a little bit. Philly has reaped the rewards. They're incredible. They're tied with Boston for the two seed. Philly absolutely needs and deserves two All-NBA selections here. James Harden, welcome back to the All-NBA. You deserve it. And I can't believe you weren't voted an All-Star. I'm so sorry. That is so dirty what um, what occurred. That being said, um, now you're in New York. Julius Randle, congratulations. Welcome back to the All-NBA team. You took a year off. You took a year off. What the hell happened to you last season? Forget about it, man. You're awesome again, Julius Randle. Thank you, because the league is better when the Knicks are, are good. The league is better when the Celtics are good. The league is better when the Lakers are good. When the big market teams are good, the league reaps the rewards. Thank you, Julius Randle. Thank you also, Jalen Brunson. Sorry, we just ran out of spots for you. It's really hard to make to crack the top six. Um, I didn't even have Donovan Mitchell on here. Um, I didn't even have Donovan Mitchell in here who, um, I mean, you could make the case, but he just isn't going to make it. Thank you though, Julius Randle. You have been very, very special. 26, 10, and wait a second. Oh, Julius Randle, 26, 10, and yeah, we're not going to talk about the assists, but just playing very efficient basketball. Um, Julius Randle is shooting 34% from three. He takes a lot of threes, sticks seven threes a game. Um, but he shoots him, he shoots him at a good clip. Um, wait a second. I'm all over the place with these stats. Let me just find Julius Randle. Julius Randle. It's not about the stats. It's not about the stats. It's about feel. And Julius Randle is a feel good player. New York, the New York Knicks are a feel good team right now. Um, if I had to nitpick Julius Randle, I don't, Love some of the stuff in the fourth quarter. I don't love some of the stuff in crunch time. Um, but Julius Randle makes this list. Um, remember, this is just an all-NBA thought exercise. He could be off. He could be on right now. He's on. I think he's going to finish um, finish on, on third team, though. I really do. Now, I have a dilemma. We mentioned it earlier. I, met, I put Randle. I love him so much. I put him on the list twice. Um, that next forward spot. Obviously, you want to put Durant. You want to put LeBron. They're not going to finish with enough games. Oh, 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 it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. They've got Anthony Edwards at guard. Hear me out. Hear me out. Can I put Anthony Edwards at the forward? If I can't, then I'm looking at Siakam. I don't want to do Siakam. Anthony Edwards has played 71 games, man. He's played 71 games. He averaged 25 points a game. And the Wolves are kind of relevant because of him. I mean, they're definitely relevant, but it's all because of it's all because of uh, Kermit from Hustle, Anthony Edwards. I'm looking at Paul George. No. I'm looking at Porzingis. <laughs> I'm just going through the league leaders and scoring. God, I'm looking at... Yeah, I'm looking at Keldon Johnson. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I feel like I might be missing an obvious one. Am I missing an obvious one? Am I missing an obvious one? I'm looking at DeRozan. Yeah. 
down. Don't get at DeRozan. I don't want to. I don't want to look at DeRozan. Um, I think some people are gonna. Oh, you could look at Butler. Eh. You could look at Butler. I'm not. I'm not. If Jimmy Butler's eligible for forward, then so is Anthony Edwards. And we're gonna say Anthony Edwards. If it comes out that if if the NBA releases official positions, a positioning for these guys, um, we'll revisit. We're gonna revisit this anyway because I love the All NBA and this is just kind of thrown together um, little segment. But we're going to go for Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards kicked the Celtics' ass last night, or the other night, uh, last week. And he's just a joy. He's a bundle of joy. He's one of the most competitive guys we have. He really gives a shit. I think that there was a lot of concerns on him coming out of the draft where it was like, does Anthony Edwards like basketball? Does Anthony Edwards care? Um, yeah, he does. He's a freak athlete. He wants to play every single game. He's not afraid to talk his shit, but God, he's lovable and awesome and one of my favorite players. And if you don't like Ant-Man, then beat it, okay? Anthony Edwards is badass, and he, the case for Anthony Edwards being on the All-NBA team is despite how horrible the Minnesota Massacre trade for Gobert was, despite how bleak their future assets now look because of that trade, I can't count Minnesota out for going forward because of Anthony Edwards. I love him that much. I'm that high on him that despite the shortcomings of their front office, of their ownership, um, Ant makes me, I can't keep them out. I can't, I can't keep them out now. Um, so that's all three All-NBA teams. I went really long on that. God, I went really long on that. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. This will be up tomorrow. Um, enjoy the rest of your March. Um, I'll probably be back before then. I'll probably be back later this week. I at least I'm, I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to. We're at the end of the episode. Let's talk real quick. It's been two weeks since I posted. Um, I just I don't want to just post all the time just to do it. Okay, I think it's really easy to get caught up in just hitting record and saying a lot of stuff and that. To be honest, that's kind of what tonight was. I kind of rambled a little bit at points, but at least it, they were passionate rambles, and I was, I, I'm very encouraged by what I'm saying, or I'm very um, very passionate about what I'm saying. And I had fun with the All-NBA thing. Um, the Celtics, talking about the Celtics wasn't that fun. Um, but also, like, like I said, the hot thing to talk about for a little bit was the MVP, and maybe if I want to do this full-time one day, maybe I'm going to have to talk about that kind of stuff. But right now, I'm not required to. And talking about the MVP with, you know, I think two months left in the season and the whole narrative is, oh, only white players went in in certain years because yada, yada, yada. And it was just, that's not what this is about. This is not what, bas- this is not what basketball is about. Uh, I didn't want to talk about that. And yeah, it's a little discouraging when your team is also shitting the bed every night. Okay? It's a little discouraging. Um, But also, I just like being a fan sometimes. Sometimes I just want to be a fan, put on League Pass, flip through the channels, flip through the games. Um, And I got to stay informed, too. I think it's real easy for guys to just watch highlights or skip the games and just try to make a podcast or talk about stuff without, you know, staying locked in and being a fan I want to be a fan okay so I was being a fan for a little bit but we are ramping up towards the final couple of weeks here 
my parting shots are keep an eye and an ear out, okay? The breaks between episodes won't feel so long if you follow me on TikTok because making a 60-second video or a three-minute video um, requires way, way, way less preparation and effort than rolling out a, an hour-long podcast. And also, I'm an adult with a full-time job, so it's very hard to sometimes break away for a couple hours and just talk to myself about basketball. So, um, so I'm going to try to be back for you later this week. I have been loving the response to the show, um, for the fact that I am still a nobody. And for the fact that this show is brand spanking new, we've got listeners and we got, we've got a little global impact. I'm seeing like the UK, I'm seeing like Ireland on there. The analytics stuff is a little creepy. Like I get to see like when people are listening on like an Amazon Alexa device or on their TV or on um, like what kind of phone they use. Not like individually. I'm not like stalking you, but like just the analytics stuff is crazy. Um, so I'm going to try to keep posting more consistently, um, but I also want the content to be good. Um, so that's what... That's what this is all about, baby. And to say we're eight episodes in, um, it's great. It's great. We're gonna we're gonna try to get a probably probably get ten episodes here before I gotta go out of town. I am going, like I said, I've got, I'm going to Boston. I'm gonna try to catch. Well, I'm definitely gonna catch the Celtics, catch the Red Sox. We won today. I know it's spring training. Fuck off. I know it's spring training. Fuck off. Uh. Ye- it's so late in the night. Yasada, no, Yoshiba, huh. our new signing, is playing the World Baseball Classic right now. He's not even with the spring training club, and we're winning games, and he's kicking ass in the World Baseball Classic, and I'm just excited. I think I'm, I think this Red Sox team is is gonna maybe flirt with a wild card, and that's that's saying something. Um, so now I'm talking about baseball. Uh, hey, you stuck around to the end. Congratulations to you. This is now like a hour and a half long it was never supposed to be that but it was i had fun just kind of talking towards the end here i'm gonna wrap up um thanks for listening we're gonna do this again soon